The weather is finally getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year, like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost like the middleman that passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. I am so excited. I have two gorgeous, lightweight cashmere sweaters coming my way. One camel, one heather gray. I cannot wait to wear them in the warmer months when it's chilly in LA. Throwing them over my shoulders. Going to look so cute. Can't wait. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash judging Megan for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash judging Megan to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash judging Megan. And now back to the podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, hello, everyone. You are listening to Judging Megan with your host, Megan Judge. Um, I'm going to start out today really quickly talking about the promotion again that I am promoting Josh Rosebrook. It's the product line that I have literally been using since, since its inception. I love it. Josh is one of my best friends. He has been kind enough. He's launching a new body line. So I live for his uh, his facial products. I, that's all I use. I'm not kidding. I'm getting old. I'm in my 40s. <laughs> um, I love all of his products. My daughter just popped in. Now we're on YouTube, by the way, Roxanne, so people can see us. Um, I would love for you to try it out. If you order any of his products, go to joshrosebrook.com. You can use my code JUDGINGMEGAN and get a hydrating accelerator spray, which is kind of like the step one. I use it on my face before I use the rest of the products. Some of the products I recommend are the um, the Vital Bomb Cream is my favorite, but I also love the retinoid. I love the vitamin C serum. And I love the hydrating accelerator. You will get a free hydrating accelerator limit one per customer. If you order any of his products right now, his new body line is launching July 8th. You can find his products anywhere from Vogue, 
um, Elle magazine, all the major magazines, all the beauty editors in style promote his products and love them. So I am going to start this episode. Well, hello, everyone. Thank you so much for listening today. I am pushing these episodes now to YouTube. Um, You can also um, leave me a review. Please subscribe. I never ask my listeners to subscribe, but I'm asking you to please subscribe. It helps new listeners find me, and I love the reviews. Thank you for the latest reviews that people have been kind enough to send. And I am going to introduce my guest, Hello, Roxanne. How are you? Hi, how are you? I'm going well. I'm very Hi. well today. It's nice and sunny out. Um, <laughs> I know. We're in sunny. We live in, um, obviously, sunny California. We have great weather today. Still not too hot. So Roxanne Fair is the owner of um, Aesthetics on Highland. And I met her because I went in because I've openly talked about this before. I am a very, I love anything that will have to do with me doing anti-aging and stopping the the clock right on, on the aging process. And I went in and I met her the first time and I just adore her. She's a good lady she is, I, I knew the minute I met her, we would just connect somehow and we have, and I think it's because her story is one that I think my listeners need to hear. And then at the end of the episode, we will indeed be talking about some of the things that I have been doing to my face and some things that she would recommend. Um, if you go to YouTube, you can see how beautiful she is. I was joking when I was in like a week ago because I was telling her that she looks like, like one of the fembots from Austin Powers. She's like this teeny little thing wearing this like cute little outfit with like, I felt like you were like going to like a go-go dancing bar. I was. (laughs) You were. (laughs) After you were done, you were like ready to go. Anyway, so let's get um, into your story. So tell me a little bit about where you're from. So I grew up outside of Chicago in a town called Rockford, which I just say I'm from Chicago because it's small and nobody knows where it is anyways, um, with my mom and dad and had a normal life. My parents were relatively, you know, like not, they weren't poor, but they weren't wealthy by any means, um, below average income. It's, it's, It's a town that doesn't, it's all industrial, so it doesn't really produce a lot of income there. So um, I grew up with love, a lot of love, not a lot of money, but I never wanted for anything. So I'm happy. Um, I moved out here when I was 21, said that's not for me. And I've been here ever since and doing business somehow. Um, Coming into this world of California where all dreams can happen. Um, yeah. So now I'm here and I have a business and a family and everything's great. However, (laughs) let me ask you, so, so why did you come out when you were 21? So I was, I mean, you just wanted to leave this small town or were you trying to like be an actress or a model or any of that stuff? Like I was, no, no, no. We had, um, 
there wasn't much to do in our town, but we had minor league baseball teams. And so I dated a baseball player and he had fall league in San Bernardino and I was determined to go and got in my car at six in the morning and left and didn't tell anybody, called my mom, called my dad about nine hours later. Um, but my car wouldn't make it back. We broke up two weeks later and I moved in with my best friend who was dating a baseball player. I had introduced her to from where we were from. Um, so I stayed. <laughs> and and so you've ended up like staying, starting your own business. Tell me though a little bit about like, you know, I know there's hard things that you've gone through in your life and um, and you recently found out some news yes. that was pretty pretty difficult for you to find out. I know that it's hard to talk about these things. Um, part of why I do this is because you are helping somebody else. There's somebody out there that might be listening that your story could help and save in a lot of ways because I do this for people's mental health and to share the stories and normalize um, normalize mental health, normalize that we all suffer, we, sh- we have problems, or there's things that somebody might go through and somebody else can't relate to, but there's always a story that somebody has come through, right? Yeah, so um, what you're referring to is um, when I was about 14 years old, I learned um, that my father was not my biological father. Um, I did not have any idea, except I didn't really look like my dad, except in baby pictures, but I looked exactly like my mother. Um, One day it just was blurted out by somebody and... I was out of town and I came home and asked my parents and they didn't want to talk about it. My dad just yelled at me and said, it's none of your business. And that's just the way it is. So, um, I didn't talk to my dad for a long time for, it was, I mean, a long time, like about a year or two, I lived with them, but I was just angry and I didn't understand. So I did my own research. Um, my mom did end up telling me that she had, Um, at 27 years old, which was the first time she had ever had uh, sexual relations, she was raped, um, by this gentleman who she was out on a date with, I believe it was a second date, um, through some friends and he raped her. My mother was very, not a very intellectual person. Um, her background, she was born in Michigan, brought or brought in, I believe she was born in Texas, brought to Michigan. She had tuberculosis. This was in 1945, 46, and her parents had tuberculosis. They wouldn't, were in Michigan, they didn't have the hospitals for children and women together. Or um, So they left her at one hospital in a sanitarium, and the mother and the father got taken to another hospital. The dad left immediately, went back to Mexico, wherever he was from, and the mom um, had to stay for about a year in the hospital there for her tuberculosis. And then when she left, she just left my mother. So my mom stayed in the sanitarium for about nine years. She only knew, uh, nurses as her family. Um, she was illiterate. She was half deaf. She lost one lung, um, because of the tuberculosis So her life was very, she struggled a lot, but she was this positive little ball of energy that everybody loved. So um, when she was about 10, 
nine or 10, someone wanted to adopt her, one of the nurses, and the mom came back for her because she wouldn't sign the paperwork. So she came back and got her. And my mother went to live with this family that spoke only Spanish. My mom didn't know any Spanish and she didn't know these people. Yeah. So, and, and what, what was like, what was, did that, the experience in her childhood, like obviously affected her into her adulthood. And then on top of that, getting raped, like, I can't even imagine what that, like what she was put through all the trauma that she went through. Yeah. The family didn't treat her very well when she got there. Um, they beat her. Um, the uncles did abuse her, I believe sexually too, but I'm not quite certain on that. Um, so she just had a really hard life. So she left, left her house when she was 13, went to her sisters who was only a couple of years older, um, and lived with her until she was about 18 and then went into the Y MCA, which was big back there. A lot of the women lived there. Um, and there she mm -hmm. started her life basically. Um, she's a sweet little angel, like the most amazing person in the world. She'd give you anything off of her shoulders and she didn't have anything, but, um, Anyways, she got to be 27 and this happened and she didn't realize she was pregnant for like five months. I mean, I find that really hard to understand now, but I guess if you had yeah. my mother, if you knew my mother, you probably would have gotten it. Um, so um, she told me that she knew this guy's name was Denny, Denny or Danny. She wasn't sh Denny or Danny, but she didn't know the last name. So I looked and looked and looked without trying to upset my father that I'd known that, you know, basically put his name on my birth certificate, said, I love you. Met my mom at five months pregnant. So I love you. I'll take care of your child. She's mine. That's it. So that's why I never knew. Um, Was your relationship with your, uh, like your dad that raised you a good relationship? Like, was he kind to you? Did he treat you like his own? Yeah. Yeah. There was never, he was my dad. I mean, he's still, you know, he's their past now, but there, he's still my dad and I don't know anybody else as my dad. He was good. He was a, he was a police officer. Um, he had a lot of built up energy, uh, <laughs> anger. Um, so he was abusive to my mother yeah. and I a few times, which didn't make it easy, but he was, always there. He was devoted and he took care of us and made sure we were okay. So I do love him. He did go to counseling for all this stuff. Um, and we had a, you know, we ended up having a great relationship, um, in the end. Um, we just, I wasn't always as close with him as I was my mom. Cause I was kind of afraid of him, you know? And I think my mom brought that energy on. She was always very protective and I, but I didn't really know why at the time until I was older. <laughs> So, so you, it sounds to me like your, your upbringing growing up was pretty, like, pretty it, tumultuous as well. Like to have to be beaten or have any of that going on is not okay. Um, no, I, I, I just, no. I just like, I'm so sad to hear that you went through that. And then what made you like kind of go out? to try and figure out who your real dad was when you figured it out? So um, 
I've been looking for a long time and I did a DNA test when I had my son. I did a DNA test with myself and my mother and I did my sons because I kind of wanted to know where he came from. I just wanted to find this guy. I didn't want to see him. I, or I wanted to see a, like a picture of him or see him on the street. Um, I never wanted to speak to him. I just wanted to know who he was and about him so that I could figure out if I had any health issues that my son needed to be worried about. That was the main purpose of it. Yeah. Um, but it was also yeah. always in the back of my mind because I didn't know who my dad was or where I came from. So I think knowing now what, where I am today, um, it did affect me. It helped. I have this like umbrella over my head the whole my whole life. Um so when my son got his DNA test back, there was this guy on there that kept showing up as like his great uncle. And I had done one, one brand and he had done another. And so I said, I'm, I am not finding anything. I'm going to go ahead and do the 23andMe as well because I had done my heritage or some other thing. And when I got mine back was on March 15th of this year. Um, it said that this person that was my son's great uncle was now, it says he was my half brother. So I was like, oh my goodness, I have a half brother. This is amazing. I have family. I'm so excited. I think I might find my dad now. Um, but it was quite the journey. It was quite the journey. Um, the reason I looked when I did was because my parents both passed away in December, uh, August and August and November of 2019. And I begged my mom and my dad before they both passed, please just tell me who he is. Like you're on your dying bed. You know, you can't leave me like this. And they both swore they didn't know any, anything else about him. So um, after they passed, it was like. Maybe your mom, maybe your mom had blocked it out. Like she couldn't, like, I can't imagine that trauma that she went through. Maybe she just didn't she wanted to block it out. I don't know. I'm just asking that really. Um, I think maybe in some case in like, when I think about it, yes, but I really think she didn't know. I really, really she think she didn't know. I know there's a couple people in her life at that time that knew. And when I reached out to them, they're like, Oh my God, it's been so long. I said, I would take it to the grave. I promised your mom, I would never tell you. And I was like, this is my life. Like you can't mm-hmm. not tell me, but yeah. nobody would help me which is fine. Fine. Um, so I, the day I remember I was at, at the office, I had a short day and I looked on the internet and saw the, his name. And so I went crazy and went on Facebook and Instagram and did all the researches, paid for a public record search of my, of my, of these guys. Um, and I found out that I did find my dad. Um, and I found out that I have a sister who lives or lived, she still does live, but lived about four blocks away from my parents growing up, like for the last, where my parents lived for the last 10 or 15 years, she lived four blocks down the street. Um, And my- That's crazy. Yeah, I know. And my biological father was in a town called Byron at the time that I was at my, seeing like at my grandmother's for the summer, I'd go there for the summer and stay a lot. And I could have passed him any day and wouldn't have known it because it's such a small town Um, because he was there for a a few years um, coming back for my half sister. Um, So I found her. Was your your half, was your half sister raised by him or 
no, am, I, she, am I jumping to no 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 that's fine she um she had a very hard life and she, I can tell I mean we've talked not that often or not that much but she was raised by the biological father named Denny she um he he was married to her mom the mom was like 20 some years younger than he was um, so she was like 25 or 26 when she had two kids. She had my sister and another little girl. And my sister was three and the baby was like two months old or the, her sister was three and the baby and she was two months old. And the mother got killed. The mother got murdered. It wasn't by the dad, but the mother got murdered. And so the dad was like, I can't deal with this and just took off and left the kids with her parents. And so he was just out of their, mm-hmm. out of their life, just left them. But then, so it took them a while. I took, I guess it took him a few years to get the custody because his family was fighting for some reason. I'm not sure why, but they finally got custody. So her, her grandparents had custody and she didn't know any different because she was so young. But when she was seven, Denny comes and knocks on the door to where their house is and says, knock, knock, I'm your dad. And she's like, I don't know who you are. My dad's on the sofa. And so he had come back into her life trying to be somewhat of a father. They deemed him unfit. He was a raging alcoholic. He had come back from the Marines in um, Japan. He did three stints in there. So he was a little crazy, spent in time in and out of mental facilities and in jail. Um, But they still made her go for like three or four summers and spend a few months with him during the summers, even though he was deemed unfit. So she saw his craziness. He ended up being like, um, I guess you call it the, the Tindler swindler, a guy like that. Yeah. Where they, yeah, I watched it. I yeah. haven't watched yeah. it, but apparently he was that person. He would meet women. And so, so just so the audience knows the Tindler swindler is a, was a show that was on it was it's very it's very similar to like dirty john it's just men that basically um like put the wool over people's eyes and pretend like they have things that they don't like am i correct i watched the whole series but yeah relating it back to your dad so like um in the tindler swindler he pretended like he had all this money and was like ripping people off and like stealing money from one woman to pay for to go on private planes to get a new woman. So it was like a whole, like kind of like Ponzi scheme almost. Right. Yeah. It wasn't, I don't think he had like the Ponzi in it. I think he was just a person that tried to take everybody's money, you know, and just didn't have anything just was like people. And just, so she saw him throw away, you know, these girls like all the time, I guess during this stint when they were together. Um, And then he, he had went and then he passed, or he died. He died of liver failure. Um, I believe in like 2007 or something like that, or 2004, somewhere around, somewhere in the early 2000s. Um, but nobody even knew he was dead for like a year, like his family, because he was just all going around like Idaho and California and New York and Montana and all these places and just abating, you know, um, running from the law and trying to find his next person, I guess. So, um, what was that like? What was that like for you to find out? Because you found out pretty recently that he was your real father, correct? Yeah, I found out on March fifteenth. Well, yeah, March like around March fifteenth. Um, 
That's right, right around when I like first started coming to you. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I, um, so tell me, tell me what that feeling was like for you to find out like something you had always wanted to know, but you didn't really want to know, but you wanted to know what, what's that feeling like? Especially when it's somebody that like, you know, that you're, you were brought into this world and had the mother that you did that you love so much. And I'm so sorry you lost her in 2019 and your dad, but what, what was that like? Kind of, was it like closing a chapter and like having, like coming to terms? What was that like for you to find that out? Um, it was closure. I mean, I was, I was, um, when I first heard and first found out and talked to my sister and she told me all this stuff. Like it was like all in like literally a few hours of an afternoon. And I was driving around frantically with my son doing all these errands and just talking to her back and forth in the car and on the phone and trying to like listen to all this stuff. And by the end of the day, I was just like so overwhelmed. I just didn't want to hear anything else about him. I had heard enough. Um, And I, it started making me think, okay, who am I? what am I doing? If I, am mm-hmm. I, is it nurture versus nature? Am I going to be like him? Is this bad person going to come mm-hmm. out of me at some point in time? What do I look like? Um, so I went through all kinds of these feelings and I was happy that I had a sister because I had always, you know, I was an only child. I was an only child my whole life. And I always in the back of my head, after I found out, when I was in a teenager that I had a, you know, a, another dad, um, there was this girl that everybody always said looked just like me. And I would always miss her at parties. She went to a different school. Um, and she had, I know she was a little bit of Asian, uh, descent and everyone always thought I was Asian. I had no idea what I was. I thought I was Swedish, Norwegian and German and Mexican growing up. And then I've come to find out I'm all these other things. And, um, and so, I just didn't, I just, I don't know. I just didn't know what to think. I just didn't want to be a bad person. And I didn't, I didn't know um, how to deal with it, I guess. So, um, I mean, it's still, it's still really fresh. (laughs) I mean, you just found out in March um, and, and, and I, I'm asking this question because there's, there's people out there and it's kind of fitting for what, we're going through right now in the world that, you know, you're here because your mother obviously bravely had you. She didn't know until she was five months pregnant, but you're a product, you know, of sadly rape. And there's, there's many people out there that have, that are products of that and how hard that must be to, you know, know that, you were brought into the world that way. But then also the other side of it is you're like a wonderful woman. I mean, I've gotten to know you recently. Like I, it breaks my heart for people that might have a a story similar to yours, that that pain of knowing like, you know, well, my father was a monster. Like he did this to my mom. I loved my mom, but that must be really difficult for you to have to walk with that and sit with it, you know? And also I will tell you, I don't know you that well, but I'll tell you 
at you just like knowing you, like for the short time that I have known you, you have this amazing like spark in you. Like there's just something about you. Like you're just like this bright light and this amazing like person that is supposed to be here. And so it makes me sad to know that you're sitting with that and you're thinking that way. So I don't know. That's a long-winded, weird <laughs> question, but it, there's other people out there that are that can relate. And, you know, it's difficult that you're in the situation that you're in and it's so fresh. Yeah. I mean, my mom had a choice, you know, my mom had a choice. She could have had an abortion and she had that. Actually, I don't know in that time. Yeah. She had that right to do that, um, but she didn't thank God. And I think that, I mean, I was her life, like her having me made her life. Like I was 100% the only thing in the world that made her happy. And, and she lived for me. Like the love that she had was just unlike, I mean, I know parents, I know, I know how much I love my son, but my mom loved me so much. And I think it was because it just, I was the only safe, her safe. I was just her safety net. You know, I was just the person that protected her and was there with her and, um, everybody else in her life heard her. So, um, yeah, it's, it's hard. I mean, she had gone through so much trauma. Yeah. yeah. But she was such an angel. Like yeah. she was so bright and this is like, you know, they have this saying in ignorance is bliss and she wasn't the most educated person by any means at all, but she was like a little, little ball of angel running around and everybody loved her. So I think that made it easier. And I didn't, didn't really like, doesn't really, I don't think my, my father being this person really resonates with me. Like I'm a horrible person. I just thought that can could I be that way? Could all this thing, all these things come out in me. But I, I think I live my life to a pretty high standard where I respect people and I've learned love and, and how to deal with trauma, I guess. And, and still get through it because I don't want to be the one that is, Oh, poor me. Oh, my mom was raped and I have this and I have that. I think I just, I think somehow I'm just strong enough to put it in the back of my head and just go on. I don't know. It may, it's (laughs) just like, it's just, it makes sense to me though, that your mom was so loving and like such a tough cookie and it reflects on you as a mother you know, just sitting with you and hearing you talk about your own son and your love. I don't want you to, for two seconds, I know it's me telling you not to do it, but, and and that's like, whatever it is, but you're nothing like him and, and you never will be. And I just wish that people that maybe are going through or have gone through something like that, that would ever feel like they're a monster then that's just the worst thing and it's not true. And so you keep doing the things you're doing and being the human that you are. And it's, thank God you're here. Thank God you're on this planet. You know, I'm sorry for the way that the things that you've gone through and, you know, all the things that your mom had to go through, but like, and you wonder why does somebody have to go through so many things in one lifetime? You know, it just, it seems so unfair, but when you say she was an angel, like a hundred percent, I believe that. And she's definitely like with you. Yeah. I'm sure like watching over you. So proud of you. Yeah. When, so when you found your sister, um, 
that was in around the same time when you got confirmation. So it was around March, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I talked to her. She told me all this stuff and we were going back and forth. And she was like, this doesn't make sense. This is probably your uncle. Cause I, we couldn't determine whether he was my uncle or my father. So I had just had it. And this had gone over, over like two weeks, like a week or two of talking back and forth with her. And finally I was just like, would you please just take a paternity test? I just want to know if he's my dad. And I knew, I knew definitely because she had sent me a picture of him and all the other things I was looking at online and all the uncles and all the, whoever these people were, I was like, oh my God, this is so great. And I was excited, but she sent me a picture of him on my phone. And when I saw it, I literally almost physically got sick and threw up. And so I knew yeah. that yeah, it was my father. Yeah, I knew. And then yeah. we got the paternity test back and said she was my sister and we had the same dad. Um, so that was that. And, and, and let me ask you, have, have you like been in touch? That must be such a weird feeling just to be like, okay, well now I know all of this information and I do have like a half sister. Um, what, what was that like? Like, what does that relationship look look like moving forward? Is it like, okay, I have the closure. I'm not going to talk to you. Is it like, let's see where thing, how things go? Like, how did you kind of leave it? Um, well, I mean, she said she was open to like having, you know, some kind of friendship or relationship or whatever. She said she wanted to be in my life. Um, but it's been about maybe six weeks that I haven't spoken to her. Um, after we found out, I gave it a few days and then I texted her and I said, look, I'm, I know this is my journey that I'm going through and I don't expect you to want to be a part of it, but I want to have a relationship if you're open for it or if you don't, that's fine. I'll leave you alone. Just, you know, I'm here if you want to reach out. I'd be happy to like fly you out here and meet you and like, you know, take, take care of everything because I, I mean, I, she's just, she's in a, she's in the poverty world of living in Rockford as well. And so she has the lifestyle that I grew up with. I, Fortunately enough, have a completely different lifestyle here, which is fabulous and amazing. Mm-hmm. And I love it. And I'm grateful for it every day. But one thing she said to me was, I just, she wrote me this long text about, you know, oh, I really, you know, I care and I want to know you, but I just don't ever want to disappoint you. And I was like, why would you disappoint me? And I think it's because she's like, it's just a lot to live up to. And I think she just sees ourselves in such completely different realms in our life and, and places and who we are that um, she's a 36 year old lesbian woman and um, she rides a Harley mm-hmm. and has tattoos everywhere. And, and I'm trying to mm-hmm. explain this to my son with all the stuff that's going on here. Like, this is your aunt. Like I really want her to be a part of our lives, but she just, she hasn't reached out. So I'm just going to leave it. And if she wants to, she can, but I mean, I'd like to have a relationship with her, but I don't know how that would work because our lives are so completely different. So I'm just going to let her. I think I think it's so fresh that you maybe just don't even know, you know, like yeah. what will happen and yeah. where things will go. I mean, you obviously have very, very different lives, but I think you're, this is just me giving my two cents. You're still just like settling into this news. I mean, it's so new, you know? Um, And you have been through so much, like 2019 to lose both your parents and then to go through COVID and then to like 
have all of this stuff happening. It's just a lot. Yeah. Um, have you, have you, have you talked to anybody? Have you gone into therapy to like talk to somebody about like the feelings that you're okay. I have a good person if you need them. No, (laughs) (laughs) no, you know, I'm not so much a therapy girl. I did try right afterwards because I was Uh through all this and I sat and talked to somebody for a couple times and I was just like, this just isn't what I need to do. Yeah. So no, I just, I really, I really just, I think I'm what I'm realizing and what I'm trying to do is just really make the relationships in my life that I have, like important, the people that I care about and the people that I'm finding that are new in my life that are good people. I was always on the, I was my whole life. I was on the defense. I was always like, thought I was getting attacked my whole life. And, And it wasn't because of anything that anybody did. I just had this weight over my head that I just had to defend myself because I was used to defending my mother. And there was things I didn't know. And I think by learning who my dad was and actually finding everything out, it like opened up, like I had, like I said, I had this umbrella and now the umbrella's gone and it's just like this bright sky and it's allowing me to like let love in and let people that care about me actually care about me, I think, instead of being so offstandish and and defensive, I think. Yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, like, uh, like I say this a lot for me personally, therapy saved my life. I have, but I also have been, you know, th- with bad therapists, good, like my, re- my therapist, Dr. Nate, I've, I haven't been in therapy now for like several months, but, um, you know, she helped save me because I needed that. I needed that person, but everybody's journey is different. So some people don't want to go to therapy. They want to deal with it. However, they deal with it. But something you should know is that there are people out there, think about it, that have that have walked in your shoes. Isn't that crazy to know that there's people that have walked in your shoes and to be open maybe to like putting yourself out there to meeting other people? I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. But there should be, I hope, like some sort of support community for you know, people that have gone through such a traumatic thing. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I want to, for the sake of time, kind of go into like what you do. And like, I hate to like be talking about something so serious and like your life story <laughs> and then being like, Oh, let's talk about like our skin. Well, but I'll let you, um, I have a kind of a I transition. Can, I can go for you. So one of the things okay. about, about my father is when I, um, when I did find all this stuff out being, I, so I, I have a, med- a medical spa, um, being that, thank God I have this because yeah. I, um, been doing fillers and anything I can to my face for the last almost 20 years. But when all this stuff happened, um, I, I mean, I had filler in my face. I was doing everything and I just looked in the mirror one day and I was just like, like I said, who am I? What do I, what am I like? What do I look like? Is this me? Like, so I went through all this. I think I went, that was a trauma I went through because that it like personally hit with me. So I, I'm on this journey. It's been four months now and I have taken all the filler out of my face. Um, and I'm just doing natural things like the Morpheus eight PRP, um, things to just, naturally 
help me anti-age, <laughs> but yeah. I'm not just so I'm not like dissing fillers or anything. I still love them. They're so great. But for me, I needed to start over. I needed to see what, what my face looked like. And it, there was a big change. Um, I actually looked worse with the filler. Um, yeah. So it's just about placement and who's injecting. And I, I didn't look worse because my injectors were bad. I looked worse because I was the guinea pig and I always made everybody train on me. And so I had things in different planes and here and there. So it was just built up filler over time. But once I took it out and saw me for me, it was a lot. It was like, um, it was a big turning point because walking around in Manhattan beach, when you don't have fillers or you don't have your skin tight or you don't have this you and you feel like you look like crap, it's worse here. <laughs> so well, first of all, if somebody's watching this, you're drop dead gorgeous. Um, Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. This time of year is the worst. I feel like I can't do anything and I can't enjoy my dinner because I can't taste my food and I can't work out because I feel tired and distracted. I can't even feel like I can host this show because my voice sounds like a duck. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. I feel like I've been using Claritin D for probably a few months now, and I have really noticed a difference. I can work out. I'm not feeling like my eyes are watering and my nose is all stuffed up. I can speak without feeling like a frog has jumped into my throat. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft. Made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. I, but I, it, it, it does make sense though, because physical, a physical appearance, and we've had conversations. I said, I sit, I sat with you last week and talked about this. Um, it is so difficult. Like I'm a trauma survivor. I've gone through a lot of things in my life. I always, my physical appearance was everything for me, my whole life. Mm -hmm. Like until I got to an age where it's like, you know what, you're not going to like look this way forever. Let's work on your insides, right? Like mm -hmm. let's like your insides. That's the most important part. So I think you doing that and like I hate to say being brave, but it is brave to be like, I'm going to start over. I'm going to take all this stuff out of my face. I'm going to, I'm going to just be me and I'm going to sit with it. And I think a lot of women as we age do not, um, they need to put stuff in their faces. They need to like, you know, work out 20 hours a day or whatever they're doing 
just to like try and keep up. Mm -hmm. And it's what it really is, is it's a Band-Aid for not accepting maybe what's really on the inside and what we really need to work on on the inside. That being said, yeah, it is your, and I've talked about this before, it is whatever your choice is, we're lucky if you have the financial means to do it, to have that choice. People, some people don't even have it. It's like, you're going to age, you're going to age and like not eat the healthiest foods and you're not going to look your best because it is what it is. Mm-hmm. So to to be fortunate enough to be able to do things like Botox or filler or whatever you're doing, that's your choice. And I like to say this a lot because um, I chose and I choose to try and age the way that I want to age. And if that means me doing Botox or filler or whatever it is, I think it's about everything in doses, like not overdoing it. Mm -hmm. Do you agree? Like you see some of these women that are like, 35 and they have so much stuff in their face and you're like you are making yourself look 50 and you're 35 years old because you have just way too much Mm -hmm. and I've gone through that by the way went to my brother's wedding in my 30s and I went to somebody I don't know what they did to my face but I literally look like the joker (laughs) and I couldn't even I couldn't even smile because I like filler under my eye and it hurts so much (laughs) anyways I had to throw that out there Um, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's a big, it is a big deal to, I mean, I always, image was everything to me too. Like my hair and my face, it was, it got me a lot of places, um, for whatever reason, Yeah, but it's, it's good. I'm, I'm, I feel better. I, I mean, my skin looks better from what I've been doing, but I mean, it was saggy. It was like hanging and, and I just was like, this is insane. What did I do to myself? But it really, it, it brought me back to where I needed to be and like made me really realize, okay, this is, this is who you are. You need to like own it and you deal with it. And it's really good for the, I mean, it's really been really good for the spa because I tell these women that are coming in, I'm 48, I'm going to be 49. All the women that are coming are around my age, a lot of them. And you know, and they become friends and I show them and I show them what happened and they look at me and they're like, wow, like, so I'm doing this, I'm going to do this whole segment and try and like make people understand. It's not, you don't have to do all this stuff to yourself, but you also need to know when to stop because people do go crazy and I'm not, we're not the ones to promote that. We want to make you look pretty. So a lot of people have been coming in, I tell them the story, I show them the pictures and then literally we're doing filler dissolvent the next second. And then in a couple of weeks, they're coming back and starting over with a new clean slate. I don't know if people realize. I love that that. you're like that too. (laughs) No, I love that you're like that because you're very honest. A lot of these people, and I'm honest with this. I started doing Botox when I was 26. I had these 11s in between my, uh, on my forehead. And then it just like, it kind of like, took control of me where I felt like, oh, I needed to not have a wrinkle on my face. I needed to like not be able to like move an eyebrow, you know, like I think it's so important that you are honest with people that are coming in. You do have an aesthetic spa, but something I love about you and, and we do live in Los Angeles and it is very hard to age and 
you know, I think in other parts of the country or world, it's probably easier to age than it is in a place where it's all about vanity and like, you know, access to everything. Um, But most places that I've been and doctors or whatever, I feel like they force things on you. And they're like, oh, you should do this. You should do that. Something I love about you. And that's part of why I wanted to have you on the podcast is you're very honest. And you're very like, this is this is what I think you should do. Don't overdo it. And I think that you could be making money just like filling people's faces like a lot of these doctors do or nurse nurse practitioners. And then they you walk out and you look like a crazy duck, you know? So the, I, I, I give you kudos for that. Um, but another thing that I have to talk to my audience about, little shift, is what you said. So there's other ways to make sure that you're aging in a way where you can take care of your skin. Like I do, I talked about using the products that I do. I swear by them. He's one of my best friends, Josh, but I really love his products. I, my skin is pretty good for my age because I am very vigilant about like using sunscreen, always wearing a giant hat, but I came to you because there is a pro- there is something called Morpheus Eight. Let's get into it. <laughs> it it if I sh- I will not show the before and after pictures, and I would kill you if you <laughs> took them out. But it's a laser, and it um and it feels like your face is getting a stapler in it. Um, but explain exactly what it is. It's like it's like not. It's like um. Explain it. Okay. You're the one that this is your this is your baby. So explain Morpheus Eight to my audience. Okay, so the Morpheus Eight is a radio frequency microneedling device, and what it does is it's heat and needles that create collagen stimulation. It can tighten the skin. It deals with laxity. It can melt fat. Um, it remodels your collagen. So it is a permanent procedure, but it's a natural way to do the procedure. Um, it, the treatment takes about a half an hour, 20 minutes by itself. We numb you for about an hour. Um, it can be painful. It just depends on your pain tolerance, but, um, there are ways to make it less painful, but the results are just, so are you amazing. looking at my face? No, the results are just so amazing. I mean, everyone that comes in 99% of the time gets a great result and they love it. So um, it's been out. I got it in December of 2019, which is when it first came out. And people are just now learning about it. But it's a natural way to produce your collagen. And it can lift the area on your cheeks. So it looks like you have filler, but you don't actually. Um, it's just because it's remodeling everything. So you come in three times over three months. If you're watching this, by the way, like look at my cheeks right now, everyone. I'm going to do some spins. Um, you took the before and after pictures of me, and it really does make a difference. And I'm and I and I'm telling you this because as we age, you know, we start, especially for me, my problem area was like jowling. Mm-hmm. Like I started feeling like I was jowling out, and it's really depressing to like look in a mirror when you are, I would love to know the people that are okay with the jowling. I am not. (laughs) And I've tried, and I'm honest with this. If my husband listens to this, which I hope he does not, I have tried everything like to try and prevent, like I've done threads. I've done, uh, I don't, I've just done Botox filler, 
be careful with the filler like we talked about because what it does is it it can age you and make you look older. So you see some of these women and they just have so much filler in their face and they look ridiculous. The reason I really like the Morpheus 8 is because if I showed you the before and after, it just like lifts everything. It lifts you up. It kind of like I've I've a round face. It kind of like thinned out my face and the consistency of my skin it also improved the pores, yeah. like all of that kind of, all of that stuff. So it's like, a, is it, it's like a PRP. Can you explain like ex- exactly? Because a lot of people know what PRP is, So PRP, but I will say it's not fun. It's Go not ahead. fun. <laughs> so you can yeah. add PRP at the end. You can add PRP to put on, on top of your face or injections for PRP, which is just going to be like Morpheus on steroids. Um, I should have done that. Why didn't I do that? <laughs> anyway, go ahead. <laughs> um, Next time. So, um, but it's PRP is where we draw your blood and you're using your own stem cells or um, uh, platelets to produce more collagen, more tissue, tighter skin, um, uh, thicker skin. With it, you can do that with the Morpheus, or you can do it without it. When people have really thin skin and they want to come in and do Morpheus or any treatment, PRP is always a good thing to go to because it can um, it can thicken that dermal layer. Okay, I will also say this: that your nurses and your staff. So I am obsessed with the people. <laughs> I am obsessed with them at your at your um, location, and it's in man. If, so if you're local because I do have local listeners in South Bay, Los Angeles. If you're local to this area, aesthetics on Highland. You also, one thing I want to point out that I have a friend that actually connected me, I think originally with you, Mora. Yeah, Mora. But she scared the, she scared the pejesus out of me because you have to, listeners, be really careful with what you're doing to your face and who you're going to. Because I had no idea that if filler is injected incorrectly, it's very, very dangerous. And I think there's a lot of people doing filler that shouldn't be. And you can get something called necrosis. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about that? So necrosis is when you're injecting, you inject into a vein and it basically deadens the tissue. So, I mean, on hand, you have dissolvent product in case you were to inject into a vein, but you aspirate. Most people should aspirate. Some people don't, <laughs> but you aspirate and if you get a blood blood back, then you get out of the vein and you go into a different plane or a different area. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's very scary. I mean, it can turn white. You can lose your lip, you can lose a piece of your tissue. It's, it's very common. Um, but you, you know, you want to be an expert injector. You want to, if you're, if you're injecting, you want to make sure that you know what you're doing because you don't want to have that on your hands. Like there's people that we won't touch. I've turned people Uh away because I don't want to deal with it. It's either too dangerous or they're asking for something that's just, it's not going to work. It's not going to happen. They have unrealistic, um, desires. So I won't treat everybody, but it's not because I don't like you. It's just because I don't want you to look crazy and and I'm not going to contribute to that. Yeah. And you're doing the right thing at the end of the day. It's all about in the, in the aesthetic industry, the referrals, right? So you have a big giant mouth like me that has a podcast (laughs) and has listeners. I, I wouldn't have you on if I thought that, I, if I was not happy with 
with the final product. Um, I, I'm really grateful that I met you. I love, I love your spa. I love coming in there and seeing your face. You are like the brightest little spark. And I, and I want you to know that I don't ever, I wish I could like get in your head and like erase any doubts of like, why are you going to be bad someday? You're not bad. You're an amazing lady. You're a good mom. You run this amazing business that selfishly needs to stay open so I can come in and do PRP and keep (laughs) trying to stay somewhat attractive. (laughs) Um, But if my listeners want to find you and they want, and they're interested in like the Morpheus eight, which I I'm telling you ladies, if you're listening or gentlemen, this is, I had heard about this and I didn't believe it. And then I did it and I've seen the before and after. And I'll tell you, it makes a huge difference. It really, really does. It's like, I think the last stop before a facelift, because if you get to a certain age, yeah, and you don't want to do a facelift, but you're really unhappy. I mean, there's loads and loads of information on Morpheus 8. There's loads and loads of pictures, but make sure you go to a qualified. um, So how do people find a qualified uh, provider for Morpheus 8? That's a good question because we kind of talked about this. A lot of these companies will just be like, I have the machine. I'm going to I'm gonna give you a deal, uh, some cheap deal to get you in, but they might not know what they're doing. Can you talk about that really quickly before we close? Sure. Um, yeah, you want to make sure that the Morpheus um, in mode is the maker of Morpheus on the in mode website. You can go find me a provider. Um, it will show you who's who's doing it. When you're calling to ask questions, make sure that the company's been doing it for a while because there's ways to do it and there's ways not to. You're not just going to go in and start doing Morpheus. You have to learn how to meld everything together and do different passes and different depths and different energies so that you're getting what you want. The, the client, it's all patient specific. Each patient is different and you're, we're going to do exactly what you need, not what A, B, and C needs. So um, just make sure that the practitioner has been doing it for a while. They have good credentials that you go and meet with them. You talk to them, make sure that they understand, um, make sure that they're, they're educating you. And once you feel like you're educated and you know all the things, then you can make your decision. Education is the best thing. We don't sell anybody anything here. Honestly, we just educate and then people decide what they want to do. And that's, that, that's the way that I, I run my business. I'll help you. We'll just educate you. And then when you have all those tools, then you can make your own decision. Um, I'm at, do you have any promotion yeah. promotions going for my listeners? Yeah, I was actually yeah. going to okay, throw it out today. there. I was going to do, I need um, one. I'm looking for two people. One I'm going to do internal and send an email. And the other one I'll do on your show today. I'm looking for one person to do a Morpheus 8 treatment for free. Next Monday, no, not next Monday, the 11th, um, July 11th, sometime in the afternoon, um, I'm looking for either someone who has really thick skin and fatty tissue that we can melt the fat. And I'm also looking for someone who has very thin skin, very crepey skin, and this really, really saggy skin. Um, So, Okay. Well, this will air. This is going to air on Tuesday. Um, so that get, that gives you time. Um, but I will tell you, um, run, pick up a phone if you're listening to this. If she ha- if she has not found these two people, I'll save, because I'm going to save one for your procedure. Listening. 
Okay, perfect. Because I will tell you too, I have ha- now had multiple friends of mine go and see Roxanne. They're very, very happy. And one other thing I'll point out is a lot of people, especially with women, is we age in our in our neck on our necks. So if you're watching this on YouTube, my neck's in pretty good condition. Um, that's not one of my problem areas, but if you can see me, I had a giant, like I had a giant, like kind of crease and line. You can see if you're watching this right now, it is like pretty much gone. Like I had a really bad (laughs) crease. It is gone. So if your problem area is your neck, this is Morpheus great. Morpheus great. I'm going to call it (laughs) Morpheus great. That's good. Morpheus (laughs) Morpheus eight really is. It's a great product because it's going to help you not have to go be put under and get surgery before you really need to. So the maintenance on this also is like you told me you do the three sessions, depending on the person, maybe up to three sessions. Mm -hmm. And then it's like maintenance, right? So you do it once a year after that. Is that accurate? Yeah, you could do a session a year. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Well, in closing... Thank you so much for coming on. You're so welcome. Um, you're so I wonderful. Think you're a wonderful lady. I would not have and done I'm this. I'm sorry. That- I would not have done this with anybody but you. Oh, <laughs> uh, I well, I just adore you and I'm just grateful. You never something I want to point out is you never know where you're gonna meet like the greatest gems and the greatest people in life. And it could be on a journey to be looking younger and better than you look today. So, but you just never know. You could be in a McDonald's, you can be in a Starbucks, you could be getting Morpheus 8. There's people everywhere. And if you just sit down and talk to people and like listen to their stories, which I like to do, I'll talk to anybody. Um, that's the best part of life is connecting and meeting souls like like you. Like you. So I just want to say thank you so much for coming on. Um, sharing that your hard story, but also in closing, talking about anti-aging, which is the best thing ever. (laughs) Um, So thank you again, Roxanne. Thank you to my listeners. I am so grateful to all of you. I am so grateful. I just hit my 75th episode um, last week that ran. Um, I'm going to keep going. I love sharing your stories. I love helping other people and meeting people like Roxanne. So be have a wonderful summer, everyone. I'll be back next week. And remember to be happy by making other people happy. Thank you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.